Welcome to another edition. We want to talk about it now. Basketball edition. We will be going over along with Steven Sosa, the top five players of the aughts. So this is going to be the decade of the 2000s. Spurs dominating, the Lakers dominating. Lakers won five championships in 10 years. Um, The Spurs, I believe, won three technically um, during that time. And then the other two were the Pistons and the Heat. So only four teams winning championships uh, throughout the throughout the decade. And I'm sure some of those team members are going to come up on our top five players list. But Stephen, just like we were talking about before the call, probably the, the reason that we elected to go more of like the top five players as opposed to a starting five is because what you mentioned, the power forward decade. Yeah, um, I I'm not the only one who thinks this, but um uh or we're not the only people that think this but yeah i think that was the decade of the power forward you know um you had kevin garnett you had chris weber you had dirk Nowitzki, um you had duncan Duncan, yeah duncan of course so there was a lot of great power forwards you know um so I guess like just get, getting into the list would be kind of going over who some of like the there. I think what would be best, honestly, is like, I think we're going to have three people that are, we both have the same. And then for me, it's the last two spots I could give to, to anybody, but I'm just going to start off with is Shaq one of your top five? Yes. Okay. I think it would be crazy not to put Shaq at, as the, center for that decade like that was Shaq's decade you know yeah won three NBA finals MVPs won three NBA championships obviously and then I believe he only won a single MVP which is kind of crazy right about it right he only won a single MVP and that was because Steve Nash did so awesome I think but um because otherwise I think Shaq would have had more league MVPs, you know, um, Shaq, uh, as we've talked about before, um, in the low post, he was unstoppable, um, on offense, you know, and then when he wanted to, he could absolutely shut down the paint. Literally the way that people stopped him was making him shoot free throws was by fouling him. That's the, that was like, but even then he still made 50% of them. Not great. But like when that's what people have to do, that just illustrates your dominance more than anything. Like, all right, so we're just going to have to take a foul on this one. All right. We're going to bring in someone from the bottom of the bench (laughs) just to fill up some of those fouls uh, for the next uh, 10 to 15 minutes. Right. Uh, And, and it was like, it was like, like you you had to foul him but you couldn't just foul him the whole game because he was putting your team in foul trouble so eventually you're gonna have to stop fouling him and then the party's just getting started you know like because then he'd just back you down and dunk on your head you know yeah he uh, and or <laughs> if you're uh what's that dude's name Dudley if you're Chris Dudley you get a 
nice little uh, little package from uh, Shaquille O'Neal uh, as a euphemism, and then uh, you want to get in a fight with them, and it doesn't go your way. <laughs> those were the days. That might have been before the 2000s, though. I feel like those were the old Laker jerseys, so that would yeah, have been I, 99. I, that might not have been the 2000s. Either way. Um, I, um, could you imagine Shaq, like, I, I think you're having, like, a greatest of all time debate if he put in more work. This is me only having what Kobe... Phil Jackson and other people would say about him that he didn't like work hard because he was so dominant. Could you imagine if he like got a jumper, like got really good at free throws? I don't know if that was ever a real thing because of how huge his hands are. Like Shaq never would have been a jump shooter. I'm sorry. He has like the hugest hands ever. So um, like I've seen players who have huge hands, right? They've done this on purpose. They, they, they put Kawhi Leonard's hand up against Shaq's hand because they said just to show how big Shaq's hand is because Kawhi Leonard has giant hands, right? And Kawhi Leonard was able to put his hand inside of Shaq's hand. And it was like, oh, my God, you know? Giant. Like, Shaq's humongous. Yeah. So. But – um, overall, I loved watching him. Some of my earliest mem- memories of watching basketball is absolutely uh, spent NBC championships against the Pacers, the Sixers, and then the Nets. Nets. Um, those were those were good times. Um, but I think we also have something in common. Another Laker, uh, Kobe Bryant. Is he on your top five? Okay, I figured. I figured he would be. He's also on my top five for the odds. What was crazy about him is he won five championships in a 10-year span, three with Shaq, two with Gasol and other team members, essentially like two completely different teams. And that's the greatest what if. Wait a second. Let me think about that for a second before I make hyperbole statements here. But I'm so confident that's the greatest what if of in NBA history. Or you know what? That or the Warriors beating the Cavs back-to-back years. Um, and never getting Kevin Durant. Yeah. But I, I would say Sha- Shaq and Kobe staying together the entire decade as Shaq kind of starts to get old and becomes less dominant. Kobe's rising to this new precipice. I mean, he, essentially Shaq did it with uh, Dwayne Wade in 2005 or whatever. Surpassed, sorry. They would have surpassed uh, what, uh, what, uh, Michael and Scotty did. I think they would have ended up with a seven, eight wow. rings. I think they would have ended up with seven or eight rings if they would have stayed together. Yeah, and I think that, but they that, see, that they, they should have had four, but they just were not the correctly constructed team for facing that Pistons team. Right, but I mean, honestly, I read the book um, the last season by Phil Jackson. Um, where he, cause he retired for a little bit after, um, that 0304 season and, um, he goes through that whole season and, um, uh, basically Shaq and Kobe, it's not a secret, but Shaq and Kobe at that time, um, you know, they they weren't really friendly with each other. And uh um I think it was it was 
a few different there were a few different reasons why but uh one of them i think was just age one of them was uh the fact that kobe was was younger than shaq you know and uh kobe um uh, it took him a little bit to uh to mature into um like uh to like become an adult basically you know and i don't know if i'd ever say that shaq was super mature but he was six years older than kobe right and and to hear phil jackson talk about it who obviously he coached them he said like the way he talks about it in that book like uh i get the feeling that like part of it was just kind of shaq was older you know and kobe was younger and still kind of growing up you know um that kobe all kobe worked really hard at his craft but he wasn't that great a people person you know when he was younger he had to learn how to be like that and i feel like he became like a really good people person like post fifth championship like he really started to grow a lot more in terms of leadership after working uh working so closely with gasol um not to say gasol's the one who turned him into a leader or whatnot but it just see you see the maturity start happening at least in how I view it starting in the 2010, 2011, and then heading that way, because before Gasol gets there, that 2000, when Shaq leaves 2004 to 2008, I stand by it. Dark times, 2007, uh, really dark times for the, for the yeah. Lakers. Uh, some, some awesome playoffs uh, moments that Kobe had, like, like that game winner against the Suns, uh, yeah. pushing it, going to a seventh game against the number one seed and then eventually losing like, man, you just change a few things in history. Like I have a completely different opinion on it, but like yeah. they win that series against the sun. That's special. That would have been super special, but yeah, right. uh, I forget how many shots he took in that game uh, in game seven, but he think was, was trying 16, to prove a point. I think it was 16 shots or something, but he passed he, the ball uh, a lot. So he, uh, um, and I think, um, they lost to a better team. So so I've heard people actually try to give him crap, try to give Kobe crap because that Laker team lost uh, a 3-1 lead to that Phoenix Suns team. And uh, what was crazy is they got that 3-1 lead because of a, that crazy buzzer beater, um, uh, you know, uh, against Phoenix. And um, uh, where the one where he hits the shot and then he grabs his jersey and he's like yelling, you know, woohooing and all that. And uh, it like that is that's a cool moment, I think. That's like an iconic Kobe moment. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, I think about that and it's laughable to me when people uh try to try to hold it against him that that team that his team lost a 3-1 lead like Kobe lost a 3-1 lead too 
I don't know if I hold it against them as much as that last game seven, like they weren't supposed to win. And so it's more of how he acted in the process of losing. Yeah. Um, he, uh, and I still love Kobe. Like don't want to rehash our argument for, for no, a couple no, podcasts no, no, ago. No, no. Like Let's I absolutely love, absolutely love Kobe, but like, he's not perfect. No, um, no, nor is anyone like no one's perfect, but like, um, I'm that's, not that's more of, that's yeah. more of the issue I had with it. Not that they lost. It was the way that they lost. Right. I, uh, I, I get that a lot of people feel like he wasn't aggressive enough in that game and stuff like that. No, not even that. Not that he wasn't aggressive. It was that he was trying to prove the point of like, I am doing this with really shitty players. <laughs> well, he, he, well, he has a point because he was playing with, you know, uh, you, then his next was mush, mush Parker. I I was gonna I was joking around. I was saying he he was playing with, you know, a bunch of nobodies basically, and uh, Lamar Odom became better later, and wasn't a bad player then. But like he that was his best, you know that was his next best guy was a young Lamar Odom, and um. Uh, Chris Mim. Chris Mim was trash. Um, and uh, Steven has no problem trashing other players as long as you don't trash Kobe. <laughs> well, I have a problem with saying certain things about certain players, but so something that's kind of interesting with uh, so I feel like we spent a ton of time on Shaq and Kobe and we need to talk about some other players, but like. This was looking, Shaq and, the Shaq and Kobe. And Kobe Jackie, yeah, so. but looking at their, both of them win a single MVP. I feel like there's something wrong there. So two total MVPs between them. Um, yeah. Total Shaq of actually said that. six, right? Like they win six championships, three together. Shaq won separate, two for Kobe separate. Really only one though, right? Because do, do you count the 2010 one, even though it was the 2009, 2010 season? For I the think, next decade, it's for the next decade, right? Oh no, I count that in the decade. Okay, so then the, t- so then they only won two championships, and the ninety nine two thousand one would have counted for the nineties. Oh no, uh, no, I count the ninety nine two thousand uh, as as two thousands being in that decade. Yeah. So then we wouldn't count the two thousand nine two thousand ten as being in the decade. No, because ten years. No, it would make that 11 years if you do this, because that's 2009 to 2010. Or sorry, 1999 to 2010. Well, I'm just thinking 2000 to 2010. Okay. And in okay. 2000, the Lakers won the championship. And in 2010, the Lakers won the championship. Um, I think that's under... Saying? I get what you're saying. Like, the math doesn't add up, but I get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> uh, the, I, I guess we can... Forget about one of their championships. Either way, there's five total championships between them in that in a 10-year span. Um, yeah. and it's just the great what if, what what could have happened if they would have stayed together. Um, and we'll never know. Um, but what happens is they split up and then the torch kind of doesn't pass, like it doesn't pass really, like it's kind of a hodgepodge for those next few years, right? Like you have the Pistons teams. The the Spurs get a championship in there. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they won the championship in 2003 as well. But then the yeah. um, Heat, Spurs, and who is the other one that I keep forgetting? Heat, Spurs. There's one more. 
and oh, the, pist- the Pistons, the Heat Spurs, the Pistons. Pistons. Yeah, yes. Yep. Um, but it's, it's kind of fitting that man, that we- Pistons team was really good too. It's fitting that the second most championships won by a franchise was the Spurs oh, the with Celtics. two. Oh, that's right. Yep, that, there we go. Um, was the Spurs because I think we also have this person similar on our list. Is Tim Duncan also on your list? Yes. Okay, good. so we have agreed on three. I knew we'd at least agree on three. Kind of curious what the last two will be, but like Tim Duncan, I just got to stand by. Like, I wish I would have appreciated him more during the time. I started to appreciate him like later on when they won that last championship against the Heat, but Mm -hmm. he was super solid. They call him Mr. Fundamental for a reason. He's just really good at what he does, plays hard, and never really cared about what his role is. He just valued winning over everything else. And I don't know. He took pay cuts when he could have made a lot more money. He took serious pay cuts to win you know just put his personality like could you like i wonder how that would have worked out like just swap the roles where tim duncan joins the lakers in like 99 and shaq goes to the spurs like are we seeing crazy like would that have been even better it's like shaq was super dominant but kobe and duncan duncan probably wouldn't have gotten in as many fights with kobe and he put in the work more than Shaq did. Like, what, what are your thoughts there? I think Kobe would have loved Duncan so much um, because Duncan uh, was uh, like Kobe was a workhorse, you know, and that was one of the things Kobe didn't like about uh, one of pro- one of the issues that Kobe had with Shaq when they played together was that Kobe felt that Shaq was lazy. You know, and um, that would have been and, fun then. Yeah. And uh, Tim Duncan was not lazy, you know. So even though I think they had a little bit different personalities, um, uh, Kobe, um, I think, would have liked him because of his work ethic, you know. Yeah. So multiple. Uh, <laughs> NBA first teams, three-time NBA finals, MVP, all um, two of those coming during the aughts decade. They won three championships during the aughts. Um, he's second only to Kobe in total number of championships won that year. Um, oh no, he's third. He's because uh, uh, technically if we're using our math, the way that we're doing it, Shaq had four. So it's Kobe, Shaq, then Duncan with whoever else was playing with them. Right. And very important thing too, like the all defensive team as well. Um, I think right. the entire decade he made the all defensive team. Uh, Tim Duncan. Yeah, both the all NBA and all defensive team. Man, yeah. that's nuts for 13 straight seasons. That's crazy. Good for you, right. Timmy. He so I he aged like fine wine. I was just like, what the, you know, like how the heck are you this good and you're 37 and what you know, Seriously. but. But, like, I know the answer. The answer is because he's one of the most fundamentally sound players ever. And he's quiet. Like, he, like, man, his accolades, he's, a under, he's an underappreciated person at this point. The, people don't talk about Tim Duncan enough. No, they don't because he, he really is um, one of the best big guys that ever played the game. Um, if, you know, he's, he's one of the... Um, to me, he is Tim Duncan is uh, as 
everyone always says the best power forward ever. Um, even though he played center more than he played power forward in his career, and Popovich has said that, um, he won two championships as a power forward, and he was awesome, you know, um, just awesome. And um, like he wasn't gonna do anything flashy. Um, he was he was very fundamentally sound. And, you know, he was known as the big fundamental. And so he was known for being fundamentally sound. And I loved how he kind of played, like, he followed big man rules the way he played. You know, keep the ball high. Um, you know, go up strong. Stuff like that, you know. Uh, he, he was very fundamentally sound as a big man. So that's what I loved about uh, Tim Duncan. Other than his consistency was that his fundamentals were, were as good as anyone's, you know. And he never missed the playoffs. Yeah, he never. I don't think he did. Yeah, I think that's a big, that's a very impressive. Granted, you could say like, oh, Popovich, oh, like whatever, but... He also did not. Um, so Tim Duncan won two two MVPs, uh, 01-02 and then the 0203 season. I, I think what would be interesting as we move into like these last two, Stephen, is I'm just gonna run through really fast all of the MVPs for the decade mm-hmm. because I am trying to find who like because Shaq and Kobe definitely should have got more MVPs, but we have to decide who to take them away from. Uh, <laughs> so Allen Iverson. Oh, sorry. Okay. Let me. So Shaquille O'Neal, followed by Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan, two years in a row, Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. Steve Nash, two years in a row, Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, two years in a row. Who are we taking MVPs away to give to Shaq and Kobe? Okay. Um, I have a hard time taking those two MVPs away from Nash. Um, I think we could take one away, right? Like, I think he definitely, like, as far as, like, the history of the game, Steve Nash definitely needs an MVP. I don't know if he needed two. Yeah. um, I'd have to look at the season stats and everything, but. I think part of the reason that he got two was because because, uh, Nash was, he was such a great passer, you know, that, that, he made his teammates better very well. And, um, and he was, he was super fun to watch, you know? So I think the, those were, that was the reasons why he uh, got two of them. He just was, it was so fun to watch the guy and those Suns teams, um, are some of the most fun basketball teams ever. You know? Is Steve Nash on your all-time Ots five? Um, yeah, I'd have to put him in there. Uh, it's kind of weird because I think that Jason Kidd was a better player than him when he was in his prime. But that's just my opinion. But Nash had more success, I think. Wait. So... I mean, uh, so in his prime is Jason Kidd's prime, the Ots 
Yes. Hmm. I mean, Steve Nash de- or uh, Jason Kidd does end up winning a championship, right? With the uh, Mavericks eventually. Well, that was I mean, that's 20- not the odds, but like. Yeah, that was 2010-11. And uh, he was a lot older by then, but he was still good, you know. Um, he was a lot more of a ball mover on Dallas than he was uh, before, you know. It used to be that the whole offense went through him and uh, he he was he became more of a ball mover when he was in Dallas. You know? So right now, just to give you a little insight on my brain right now, I'm struck. I actually have four now. I have four for sure's. The one I'm struggling with is Steve Nash or Kevin Garnett. I think I also want to go with Steve Nash or like it's essentially Steve Nash. Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, those three. Mm-hmm. I I think I got it. I'm going with Steve Nash. Away from KG. I gotta say Steve Nash. Um, before, and then I'll announce who my last person is. I think it's fairly obvious based on the people that I'm eliminating who it's likely to be. But um, I think I'm gonna go with you too. I, less less disagreement than I thought there would be on this one. Mm-hmm. I just was never Kevin Garnett's amazing. His work ethic insane um i just yeah, never his intensity his intensity is great he was just yeah. never like he missed the playoffs a few times um and never got to the promised land with until he joined forces with ray allen and paul pierce which i'm not taking away that championship from him. they won the championship right. but right. there's something there's something there um and then yeah. Dirk, the the thing that i hold the most against him which is it's he Dirk's amazing. Make, He's awesome. I love Dirk. But I gotta say, Kevin the, Garnett did make Kevin Garnett did make it to the Western Conference Finals with Minnesota. He just wasn't able to in 04. He just wasn't able to uh you know get over the hump with them. I think he did uh about as well as he could do with that team, though, you know. And then Dirk Nowitzki, I'm just holding the Warriors playoff run against him when they were the one and eight and lost to the Warriors. And rightfully so. It should be held against him. He was the league MVP that year, you know. Also losing the championship um, against the Heat. They definitely should have won that. I feel like he definitely redeemed himself uh, later on. Obviously, he got his uh, he finals MVP. many times over. Whatever, but I can't put him in my top five just for a, a couple of reasons, but I also don't want to take away he really That's pushed amazing. the he was the one who helped usher the game. And that's why I also have Steve Nash on here is like towards the fast and everyone needs to know how to shoot. So Steve Nash speeding up the pace of the game. We're seeing that happen obviously in the next decade. And then bigs having to be able to shoot lots of bigs in the next decade. Nash's career was actually helped a lot by how the game changed while he was still in his prime, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, and people talk about, like, I've heard people talk about this before, former players and stuff like that, but it's so true. Um, you know, the game started to change um, into more of a ball movement, spacing kind of game, you know. Um, and that's Nash, you know. Um, that Those, like, you put Nash on a team – that is about that you know um 
he's he's gonna flourish and he did you know so uh um the style changing during his prime like that helped him win those mvps that helped him flourish during that time you know um so we agreed on steve nash who you put in in your fifth spot and then we can do honorable mentions as well okay uh so let's see um i'll say alan iverson Ooh, okay 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 so we've got alan iverson kobe bryant um uh alan iverson obviously uh, i'll put him at point guard uh but alan iverson kobe bryant um and then I have to put Carmelo Anthony, even though in your top five. Yeah, or, even though LeBron James was amazing. Wait, wait, so what's your top five? You're putting Carmelo in your top five right now. Yes. Okay, so you just removed either Kobe, or like who'd you remove? Um. So you have Allen Iverson, well, Steve Nash, me, or is Allen Iverson me, replacing Steve Nash? Allen Iverson, I think, is replacing. Steve, we had to mention Nash, you know, but for that decade. But in my top, in my starting five, I'd have uh, Allen Iverson uh, as my starting point guard. Um, Iverson was a trendsetter, you know. That team Iverson was struggle. Like, Iverson was like popular, you know, um, among among younger fans. Um, he uh we've talked about this before like uh he brought hip hop into the nba in a big way uh some thought uh that they they didn't like uh you know his style um they saw him as kind of a um having this like thug image you know um but or like glorifying gang culture you know that kind of thing but uh he uh he was popular with a lot of the younger people and um i remember i don't know if you remember alex but i remember in school and stuff seeing a bunch of kids they had iverson jerseys they had his shoes his shoes so um and Iverson was very fun to watch. But where, at what school are you seeing this? Was it at Herbert Green? Because I didn't see a whole lot of those once we got to Union Mine. I feel like Iverson's yeah, shelf was a, life was, was super a, short. It was three years and forgotten. Not forgotten. Was, that's hyperbolic. But like, yeah, he mattered less. <laughs> he was. He was. Uh, he was really good. Um, for I thought for about a seven year period he was really good and then <laughs> and then and then that was it yeah i guess if really yeah i guess i would agree if we're using the term really good yeah i think it was really good for seven years but i yeah. feel that step over tyron Lou, though memorable and historical and no one's ever going to forget it that i believe was literally the press of, like he never was going to be better than that. He reached his peak and then was that step just was a symbolic gesture of 
the decline that <laughs> that happened afterwards. He was never yeah. as great ever again. Um, yeah. Um, to Tyloo's credit, I thought he actually played really good individual defense on Allen Iverson. It's just that Allen Iverson was that hard to stay in front of, you know. He was that hard to defend. So um, I just want to really quick, as a general manager, I don't love your decision to put Iverson at point guard. Um, if we're just talking talent, I don't think I have any disagreements with you. Mm-hmm. But if you're making a starting five and you – don't have Steve Nash running the point. Uh, I'm a little concerned for your team. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not. Uh, uh, but and with uh, Carmelo too, that was an interesting pick. Yeah, it, I do have. Uh, I thought Melo was better in that decade than LeBron. So so I really put, so I put Melo there because uh, LeBron is my fifth. Right. And a lot of people would pick LeBron, but I got to give it to Melo. Um, He played in a tougher conference um, and he kicked butt during that decade, you know. You know, it's like kind of weird. And I don't know why this is. It feels like that decade was, I feel like 2008 is actually when the, I know that like logistically, that's not really how decades end, but like, it felt like a different NBA 2007-2008 um like comparatively to where they started in 2000 which is always true of like every decade don't get me wrong but like mm-hmm. do, do you get what I'm I don't know if I'm articulating correctly like I felt what like, I mean I like felt the decade like- was really Jordan retires to Kobe gets back to the championship like that's the decade so that's the 10 years so 1998-99 season when the Spurs won their first championship to right before Kobe and Gasol go and start winning championships again. Because if we do it that way, that actually would change my opinion. I wouldn't have LeBron James because LeBron James was, had only been doing it for three years if you're stopping at 2008. And LeBron um, was awesome. I'm not, you know, yeah. I don't think either of us is saying LeBron no. wasn't amazing. But I'd probably put Iverson over <laughs> Iverson over um a few people too, if we're starting in 1998, because I don't know what it is. Like that's when I feel like he started to get real, like awesome. Yeah. I feel like and in 2004, he started to just trail off. Yeah. I felt like Iverson, um, uh, Iverson was one of the best players in the league from about 2000 to like 2000, eight ish and and then and then that was it was over after after that you know um he was just kind of uh yeah like whenever he got to like the pistons the first time yeah 2008 yeah yeah he was just kind of collecting a paycheck after he after he left denver but uh you know he just was kind of hanging in the league but he wasn't that good and I felt like he was holding on to the dream a little bit too long. There was like a four-year period where I was just like, just retire, Alan. You know, like, just retire, please. It's but, painful. But seriously, yeah. that is how we should look at it. Like, it's the lockout season. Starts the decade. So 1998, 1999 um, yeah. season technically. because And like he was fire, man. Fire for about five straight years of like amazing – just uh-huh. amazing statistics. And then it just 
you know, it's not terrible in 2004, 2005. I just don't remember him being relevant at all. Maybe this could have been like a good stats, bad team situation where his stats had to increase because his team progressively got worse. Yeah, he um, he played with Chris Weber because remember, Chris Weber got traded in, I think, 06. That's so weird. From the Kings. And I remember I was so sad uh, when that happened. But uh, um, gosh, thank. Is that your phone? Yeah. Um, Tell them we're recording so, a podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> all right. So, uh, um, no, I get these like stupid telemarketer calls and stuff. But uh, um, you know, um, anyway, going back to what we were talking about. So. Uh, uh, what were we talking Alan about? Iverson and Chris Weber. Okay, yeah. Alan Iverson and Chris Weber played together for a little bit, but uh Weber was already past his prime by then, but he was still pretty good. And I remember uh Weber, that whole thing was like very emotional for me. And I remember Weber felt at that time that he shouldn't have been traded, you know. And uh, he, um, I don't like how how the Kings organization did him in that situation, you know, um, because he was so great for them and he really should have ended his career in Sacramento, I thought, you know. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the, King's organization is is a train wreck. So, of course, they made the wrong decision and completely ruined the team. But um, uh, Weber, um, I remember his first game um, after being traded uh, was going to be against the Kings. If I remember right, it was the very next game was against the Kings after he was traded. And uh, the Kings ended up winning the game, but Weber tried really hard to, you know, to stick it to him. And, and he, uh, he had a double double in that game with double figure rebounds and points. Um, but he definitely wasn't the player that he had been, you know, um, when he was in his prime. And I just remember feeling so bad for him. Uh, Weber had injury problems, um, but uh, he is one of the all-time greats, you know. And he finally, they they finally put him in the Hall of Fame, you know. Um, but Weber was so damn good, you know. Um He's one of the best passers who ever played basketball. Um, had had some of the best hands ever, you know. He was a terrible defender, but he was a great rebounder. Um, and uh, he, he used to like to face up and shoot the mid-range jumper. He called it doing the Sigma the move that Jack Sigma used to do where he used to face up and shoot the jumper, you know, from mid range. And, 
sometimes Weber would make that shot, and when he would make it, um, he was he was much more dangerous, but he was inconsistent with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So when he was missing it, it was like he was hurting the team when he would when he would take that shot a lot and miss it, you know. It would I I always felt like that hurt the team. But when he made it, when he was making that that shot, it was like you couldn't do anything with him, you know. So letting Steven spend one tenth of this podcast talking about Chris Weber sorry is my Christmas gift to him because I know he's a big Kings fan. Um but Thank now, you. I, I now wanted... I want my Christmas gift. I'm gonna spend the next five minutes talking about Robert Ori. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> You're gonna make me cry. one more chip. One more championships than Chris Weber. Um, You're gonna make me cry. Vital in his in some of the most key moments in playoff history uh, in the aughts. Um, Don't rub it in. <laughs> and then also uh, while we're talking, Samaki Walker. <laughs> I know Chris Weber is better than Samaki Walker. Um, Chris Weber is also better than Robert Ory. I'm sorry. I, he is. I don't even know if, yeah, he is. I don't even know if um, he is. He's definitely the best king of all time, right? Him no, or Jim or Fredette? Oh, Oscar Robinson, about, technically, yeah, because of the right, Kansas City Royals. If we're about the whole history of the franchise, oh, that's, then, it, then it's Oscar Steven, Robinson. Steven, you won't even, Chris Weber has nothing. Let him have something. <laughs> He's, as far as, like, Modern um, ma- modern Kings history, absolutely. Right, as yeah. far as them being in Sacramento, Sacramento, yeah, he's the best Sacramento King ever. Yeah, he is. Oh man, I feel bad for him. Such a terrible place to play. And by have the way, great fans, you- great fans, but like nobody ever is going to go and play there. One of the coolest things that I ever saw, heard Chris Weber say or saw him do was uh, w- was. I think it was 03, uh, the King, it might've been 01, 03, I can't remember which year exactly, but uh, uh, I remember as a kid, uh, they, Dallas's fans decided they were gonna get a bunch of like noisemakers and stuff, you know, and try to be really, really loud for when the Kings came and played Dallas. Uh, in the playoffs, and I remember Chris Weber talking smack to the fans, and he was like, uh, you know, go ahead, scream, yell, make all the noise you want. We don't care. We have the loudest arena in the league, you know. He's and, right, man. and I just I've laughed and was like, yeah, you know, like I was so happy um, that Chris Weber acknowledged the fans like that. But, um, uh um that was Weber too. Weber had serious swagger, you know. Um he 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 was really good and you're gonna extend it. the five minutes because we're still going on Chris Weber. We spent less time on Shaq. <laughs> oh sorry, sorry. I, I'm messing I with you, dude. I'm messing Weber. with you. No, I know. Yeah. So uh, and and also I feel I have always felt that Weber doesn't get enough credit for how good he was. So seriously. Uh I do want to throw some, I'm not gonna spend time talking about them, maybe one to two words. Um, Ray Allen just shooting he's great love ray allen 
Paul Pierce needs to get talked a little bit about. I think he overrates himself pretty considerably. Like, I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. Um, I think he's not how he's remembered, how he's remembered in NBA history is correct. He was, he won a championship because Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen came to his team. And that is about it. Um, yeah, he was he was a special individual talent, but he thinks he's better. He thinks he was better than he actually is. And he's Draymond, better than Kobe. Yeah, Draymond Green actually, I thought it was great, even though it was kind of messed up. It was funny because I think Paul Pierce kind of has a big head about himself, you know, uh, that. Uh, Draymond Green, uh, when when uh, Paul Pierce, the year Paul Pierce retired, he was on the Clippers, and they were playing uh, the Warriors, and um, in a game, and Draymond Green's talking trash to Paul Pierce, and he goes, "What you thought you was Kobe?" Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Like you're not Kobe, dude. Like you know, you're not on that level." I was like. I was laughing so hard, you know. Yeah. And then Tracy McGrady, that's another honorable mention. I'm going to say Yao Ming, but I think he's overrated. Like, I don't know why he's in the Hall of Fame. Well, part of the reason he's in the Hall of Fame is because he's the best basketball player who came out of a country China. Okay. of a billion people. Okay. So- okay. That that I can understand. That rationale makes sense to me. But if it's based on talent, it makes no sense to me. I don't think he was ever that good. I think he was. He just had injury issues. Sorry. Let me make sure I'm using, let me make sure that I'm using the correct definitions of things. I never thought he was an elite player. He was good. Absolutely. That's why he was in the NBA. I don't think he was ever an elite player. Okay. I mean, that's your opinion. You think he was um, elite? When do you, when was he elite? Like, I don't um, think he ever should have made all-star team. Eh, you know what? All-star teams I'm fine with, but he definitely should. Yeah, I think that's probably the proper no- number of NBA teams he made. Five, second and third teams. Yao, I think Yao Ming just had um, unfortunate injury issues, but he's one of the most skilled bigs. Uh, All right, so is Greg Oden an elite player? <laughs> just because someone has injury issues, like you, you, you have the career you have. Yeah, but I, I think, uh, uh, well, that's a, that's a, Good comparison, actually, because it's like, yeah, he was good, but he only played. He was only good for a very short period of time. Yeah, because like he had three, like three seasons that I'd be like, yeah, he should definitely have made an all star team. Oh, five, oh, six, oh, six, oh, seven, oh, seven, oh, eight. And then after that, not really. And he okay, so he played in the NBA. I'm going to give you some numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight seasons. Of those eight seasons, Stephen, how many did he have more than 10 rebounds per game? Probably not very many. Just throw a number out there. I just want to see what you'd think. Three. Two. Two seasons (laughs) of over 10 rebounds per game. And Uh, that is why he's not elite. (laughs) uh, Well, I still still got love for Yao, you know. he he just um i i think most of his issues came from his injury issues you know um but he is one of the most skilled bigs um that i've ever seen you know yeah um 
and you know, uh, feathery shooting touch. A seven foot six guy with a feathery shooting touch who could finish strong at the rim. Um, he could pass. I mean, you know, he was a very skilled big guy. Yeah. Uh, other, and I, I just regret even spending as much time on him as possible. Other uh, honorable mentions. I don't know if I have too many other. Like, I was looking at like some lists prior to this and be like, Ben Wallace, Dwight Howard, um, some of those defensive players uh, who were kind. Dwight was pretty good at offense too, dunking the right. ball specifically. Then well, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups were some of the other ones that I saw, but I don't. Right. We can name. I mean, there's a reason why we had some kind of honorable mention people because you kind of have to mention more than five people, you know, in that decade as being, you know, this guy was really good and that guy was really good, you know. Um, but, like, Weber wouldn't be in my top five, but Weber was, like, so good. It was, it was, it was ridiculous, you know. He was... He was so good. Garnett was good. Dirk Nowitzki was good. Steve Nash was good. Uh, Kid, Jason Kidd was amazing. Uh, but really, that decade was about Shaq and Kobe. Yep. You know? Yep. Agreed. And I think that's the best way that uh, we could put the bookend of Shaq dominating, then Kobe dominating at the end of the decade. I think it's just a perfect way to end the podcast as well. Um, the next and time he's that got we- one more than Shaq, as, <laughs> as he Shaq. always would point out. Yeah. Should have stuck Shaq around said, Shaq. Shaq said when Kobe won that, uh, his fifth championship, uh, Shaq said he tore his house up. You know, he was, he was like, he said he was upset, you know, funny. I thought and that was funny. It really is. Uh, I love that that t- that type of pettiness is like the best kind of pettiness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen. Please don't take us too seriously. We hope you stay for a while. Give us one more chance to change your mind